perhaps one of the biggest cancellations to impact artists in the Twin Cities, and my neighborhood in particular, Northeast Minneapolis, is the cancellation of Artaworld. What does this mean for the hundreds of artists and tens of thousands of Artaworld fans? Well, we'll find out in today's episode, starting in 4, 3, 2, Hello art enthusiasts and art lovers, welcome to episode 15 of Art Wonderful, the podcast where art is a religion. I'm your host, Nicholas Harper. I'm broadcasting from my art studio deep within the Rogue Buddha Gallery that's in the heart of the Northeast Arts District in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to thank you for joining me as we explore everything the arts has to offer. It's the mission of this podcast to spread the gospel of the arts, their essential value to our everyday lives, and to offer a deep dive exploration into this most mysterious of subjects. You can learn more about myself, the Rogue Buddha Gallery, this podcast, and those we have on the show by visiting us online at roguebuddha.com. Click podcast from the menu. Before we get to today's guest, I just want to share what's been going on with me, the Rogue Boot Gallery, and what's new in the studio. As always, so much goings on. I was excited to release the fifth in the Free Print Friday series. To find out all about this little project and get a print of your own, be sure to visit roguebuddha.com forward slash print. To date, I believe we've given way over, I think, 600 prints. So, not too bad in five weeks. Also, this week I offered a special $10 digital download print of a painting I made specifically with mothers in mind, because mothers rule. I want to give a shout out to all you amazing mothers out there. This print was only going to be available through the 10th, that is Mother's Day, but as this episode doesn't come out until the 11th, I thought I'd keep the special offer available for just a few more days, so the listeners here might have a chance to grab one for themselves. Simply go to roguebuddha.com to learn more. And finally, we're starting to think about how things will begin to get back to normal here at the Rogue Buddha Gallery, when and how we'll be able to open to the public, whether things will be appointment only for a bit, etc. Rest assured, when we have these logistics all ironed out and things are safe for you to come visit us again in person, we'll be sure to make those announcements. Until then, we're continuing to load work onto the gallery online store, as well as preparing for the new options available to us this Art of World, which we'll get into with today's guest right now. I'm excited to have as a guest in today's episode, Anna Becker. Anna's the executive director of NEMA. That's the Northeast Minneapolis Arts Association. Perhaps you've heard me in prior episodes promote all things wonderful where NEMA is concerned. Perhaps you've also heard me make mention of a little thing called Artaworld. That's the nation's largest open air studio tour. Well, one of Anna's main responsibilities is to make Artaworld happen. And while the world is certainly in a different place this go around, that hasn't stopped Anna from making sure Art of World will still take place as scheduled, perhaps with a new twist. We'll find out all about that in today's episode. Anna, thanks for joining me today. It's a real honor. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Nick. 
Absolutely. You were actually, when I first started this podcast, you were one of the first people that popped into my head that I wanted to have on and talk all things Northeast, all things art, art of world. I guess to begin with, can you tell me just a little bit about who you are, what your background is, and how you came to be, you know, such a major sure. role, playing such a major role in Northeast and NEMA? Well, it was, it wasn't intentional in, in, the, in the long run, um, I, I was an artist and I went to school for art. I have a double major in English and studio art from the U of M. Okay. I spent about 10 years as a ceramic artist. And during that time, uh, to support myself, I held a lot of jobs. I worked a lot of restaurant service. I worked a lot of admin jobs. Um, and I, I got to be pretty good at the admin side of things. So I think it was the end of 2012, I came across a part-time position for um, an admin assistant at NEMA. Mm -hmm. And they were looking for someone who was an artist who understood what being an artist meant, but also had um, an, ad, an admin skill set. So I started, I started working with the then executive director, Alejandra Palinka, strictly as on a part-time basis, just helping uh, with members and logistics for Art of World. Um, and 2013 was my first Art of World, and that was the year that Indeed opened up. That was the year that the breweries started to um, open up in Northeast, and Art of World started to grow from an event that had 20,000, 25, uh, to 30,000 that year. And then it's grown and become bigger ever since. And I've stayed with NEMA. My job has grown. And last year, um, last summer, last July, I was made executive director of, of NEMA. So I've been with the organization for seven years now. And it's really fun. It's, um, very interesting what you learn and who you meet and what you do. And it's a job that's very satisfying. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. You know, listening to you talk about uh, the various jobs you've done, it made me think of, you know, when somebody, when you tell somebody that you're an artist and somebody asks, what do you do? You say, well, I wait tables. <laughs> I work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think every artist has had that, that experience of, yep, this is what I do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a valuable skill set to have where you become a Jill of all trades or a Jack of all trades where you've got you've got a little experience with everything. Totally. And, uh, it comes into play because we're a very small nonprofit. Um, I'm the only full-time employee. And I wear a lot of hats. Did you have any experience with Art of World or with Northeast prior to uh, coming on board back in 2012? Well, I lived in Marcy Homes, which is just southeast of, of Northeast, um, for six years. And I also worked in North. And I was born in Columbia Heights. Okay. So my joke is that while I've never had a Northeast address, I've circled it my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I... I've, find that I find myself in Northeast a lot and I've and I've been in Northeast since since I was a baby and yeah. I remember going to one of the art worlds in maybe 2008 
2009 okay. um, when you could still park like within view of Northrop King yeah. and walk around and it was just such an organic grassroots experience and you could talk to artists and you could see their stuff. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Like you were saying, you wear a lot of hats in EMA. It is a nonprofit and it has a board of directors. So there's yes. a number of board members, but what exactly is NEMA about? And sure. Uh, NEMA is first and foremost a member organization. Currently, we have over a thousand members. Uh, 850 or so of those are artist members. Those are people who have studio space in Northeast or people who, uh, through their connections, come show in Northeast if they don't have studio spaces. It includes high school students and college students that want to connect with the community. It includes all the businesses in Northeast, the breweries and the restaurants and nonprofits and community friends. It's everyone gathered together because Northeast is a really cool place. It has a large artist population. It has a large, um, well, it has a good reputation as, as being part of the arts. So NEMA is first and foremost a way to connect with artists, to share uh, skills and work and ideas, but also to advocate for the arts. Mm -hmm. and keep Northeast this really cool place that is known for the arts. So what we do, we're most well known for Arterworld, which we put on every year and draws tens of thousands of people into Northeast. But year round, we promote anything that our artists are doing. We facilitate connecting. We have a directory that's live online. So any time of the year, you can come onto our website and find an artist. And yeah, we the also members has yeah. a profile and can yeah. update that with their work and 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 being this collective where we're all together um, using our followers, using our experience to to strengthen one another, um, we raise we raise our profile. And so when the city it wants to put out an RFP for an art project, you know they come to NEMA when there's someone at a church in Duluth looking for a muralist, you know, they, they come to NEMA. It's a way to connect artists with opportunities in uh, both the public and private sphere. Yeah. So our strength is from each other and we're supported mostly by membership dues and contributions and some arts grants. Um, but it's very, it's very grassroots. Yeah, yeah. Um, and NEMA's been around, it kind of, NEMA kind of was born out of Artaworld. Correct. In a weird way, and then became the, the custodian of Artaworld. Right. Well, Artaworld uh, takes a lot to produce. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of logistics and there's a lot that needs to happen to get all the participants, which there are over a thousand participants spread over 60 sites, all like headed the same direction. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and that's what and, we're about a what, one mile radius, two mile radius? Well, it's, it's more like a four, a four mile radius, um, but it's eight square miles. Eight square miles. Okay. So... When you think about that and you think about how many all the people are, are coming, you want to find a way to get as much relevant information 
to people as easily as possible. You yeah. want to make sure that artists can participate. You don't want to throw up too many barriers uh, because the objective of this is to connect people with art and to connect artists with people. Yeah. How would you describe Art of World for those that are listening and have never heard of it before? What is Art of World? Oh my gosh. Um, Art of World is, it's a celebration. It's a spectacle. Um, it is a three-day party. Yeah. <laughs> where you can go and actually talk to an artist that you've never met before or someone that you've been following for a really long time and love. Um, it is the ultimate accessible event for, for people. You can just come in and find so much. It's so diverse. Um, and it's mostly self-guided. We publish uh, a directory and guide. We publish maps. Uh, we have information on what's happening at, at various events, but you can, you can choose where you want to go and, and be. I know some people plan, plan their visit uh, yeah. very meticulously. They, they highlight the artists they want to see and they, they map out uh, what buildings they're going to go to, where they're going to eat, where they're going to drink, yeah. where they're going to listen to music. Um, other people, they just come in and they go, <laughs> they go where the wind takes them. Yeah, and wow. they just stumble upon something that they weren't expecting, and so art world is is all those things. Yeah, um, it can be, and then there's something for everyone. If you are someone who loves music, there is something for that. If you're someone who loves visiting art artists in the more quiet, intimate atmosphere, there's that too. You, yeah. can, you can choose your own experience. Yeah. And I guess um, for people who don't know, like Northeast is, it's an art district, but it's mostly a working art district. Mm -hmm. We don't have as big of a, a population of art galleries per se, but we have a huge population of working art studios, a lot of which are clustered into old warehouse buildings that have been converted yep. and reused or repurposed as artist studios. Some of them, you know, hundreds of studios in one building. And so all of there's these clusters of buildings around Northeast, but then there's also all the one-off offshoots, personal <laughs> yes. studios, homes that are open, home studios, and then of course the restaurants and bars and the retail shops and art galleries. Right. I mean, there is it. It's kind of like the Louvre. You know, you can't see everything totally uh, in one visit. Uh, yeah. You have to keep coming back again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the beauties of this too is like you know the last couple of years we've had a certain level of inclement weather but that doesn't <laughs> stop it because you can go to a building and be there all day right you know indoors and safe from the inclement weather so <laughs> it's always dry in the artist studios but yeah and then like you were mentioning over the last few years art world has really kind of mushroomed and exploded out of what used to I mean, there was mu a musical component to Art of World, even at the beginning, there was, there was dance and music and bands, um, but really over the last probably handful of years, it's exploded to this place where now there's street parties, uh, block parties, stages set up, um, some big name uh, musicians coming in, playing, mm -hmm. and it really has taken on this next level carnival party celebration, like you were, I love those terms, 
um, than something new. And right, you know, and and it's true that every event changes, mm -hmm. and I think that while some of us are are a little sad that 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 kind of like small community um, aspect of it is changing, there's also the fact that the more eyes that are on Northeast, the better. And the more people who are coming in to enjoy music and beer also enjoy art. So it's actually an avenue for us to open up to new audiences. And the fact that Arter World is only three days, Northeast is around year round. So yeah. to, to use this uh, spectacle and and to use it as a way to connect with new audiences and then to say look come back year round yeah. there are studios that are open on first thursdays second saturdays first fridays or at least in a normal year <laughs> <laughs> they would be um but you know there are open studio events happening year round and there are fall shows happening year round and and there is there are openings and there are um, exhibitions and there are shows happening every month of the year. Mm -hmm. So Northeast is, is not just Arter World. It's, and neither is NEMA. It's, it's a thousand members doing something every month of the year that yeah. is really cool and really great. And I think we can, we can celebrate what Arter World has become and also stay true to our values of connecting people to, to art and artists. Mm -hmm. No, exactly. Um, and it's incredible, like the, just seeing, you know, I was born and raised in Northeast and having seen the, the changes that it's gone through. And just even since I've had my gallery where it is on 13th Avenue, um, when I first moved into this neighborhood, into, onto this block in particular, there was really nothing going on. There was, you know, there was a great restaurant on the block called The Modern, which is sadly no longer with us. But, um, you know, the Ritz Theater was just kind of a bombed out shell of a building. Um, the 331 bar was a biker heroin bar. <laughs> if you're into heroin, that was your place to be. <laughs> if you were into being shivved or getting heroin, that was the place. Uh, this block was really different. And then, you know, there was this, uh, migration of artists coming into the neighborhood, which then was followed by the restaurants, which then brought in a new clientele. And now there's a new vitality in this neighborhood, which is incredible. Um, yeah. And there's people that are coming into Northeast from, you know, as far away as Wyzetta and weird distant places that you would never think would come into this neighborhood are now right. not only just visiting, but they're living here now too with the influx of new condos, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always interesting when the best kept secret gets out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, um, where, where people start to realize like, Oh, there's a, there's a lot of cool stuff yeah. happening yeah. in this, in this neighborhood. And it's very stratified. There are people who have been born and raised here and they they know all the Northeast stories. And then there are people who moved here a year ago because they they just want to be close to where all the action is. Totally, totally. You mentioned that NEMA is more than Art of World and there's you guys do a lot of different programming. 
Um, you have the 10 by 10 uh, show and Wintertide. Can you talk a little bit about those two things? Well, sure. Um, I, you know, it kind of got lost in all the COVID-19 stuff, but we actually are, are putting Wintertide on hiatus. You are, okay. So um, just because, you know, NEMA is in, in flux, our, our venue uh, is in flux, and we had decided even before all the COVID-19 stuff happened that we were going to um, let that programming rest for, mm -hmm. for a little while before we could revisit it um, once things, things settle down. But Your venue, you mean the office? Um, actually, I mean public functionary. We used to hold oh, okay. Wintertime oh, sure. Public Functionary, yeah. and they left that space. And right. um, they're good partners. So, yeah. you know, like, they're in transition. We're in transition. We, we were in California. Our offices were in California building for a number of years. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of years ago, the organization moved. And then that venue, it didn't actually make sense for me as the sole employee to be like commuting into an office yeah. in the Northeast. Um, so, so NEMA is kind of like the flying NEMA. Everybody is, <laughs> everybody is working, but they're working remotely. But um, I'll, I'll tell you about 10 by 10, which was this really cool idea that um, some members came up with last year for, for a fundraiser for NEMA. Um, where we ask our members to donate um, works of art that are 10 inches by 10 inches or smaller. And we sell them for a flat fee of $35. Mm -hmm. And we decided, I think that whole project last year came together in under two months. <laughs> and we had- That's like the Northeast way though. It was an idea, <laughs> let's put it together and do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was very fast and it was very cool because yeah. I think we had about 300 artists participate, over 400 pieces of work. Wow. We raised like $15,000 in one night. Yeah. Um, which... Can I borrow 20 bucks? <laughs> <No>. Yeah. <laughs> which just got me thinking, you know, the whole way we, we approached 10 by 10 was... Work was anonymous. Uh, you just picked something up because you liked it, um, mm -hmm. not necessarily because of the name attached, but that meant that people were walking away with a piece by an artist who had a 40 year career. And, you know, they're walking away with something that's not $35. Totally. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's something that is uh, much more valuable. Yeah. Um, but that they bought because they liked. Well, the great thing about that too is that artists participating can also be artists purchasing you know it's oh, yeah. a great entry point for an artist who can't necessarily afford a, you know a painting right. or a drawing or sculpture by so and so and that's the other side of it and and the other side of of 10 by 10 was making art good art original art accessible to people who didn't have big art buying budgets yeah. you know those people appreciate art too yep definitely and we don't want to leave those people out. So it was it was a fantastically successful event. We're gonna do it again. Um, yeah. Probably if we can't hold uh, a one night like celebration together, we might create an online shop. For okay. It. 
And this was at public functionary last year, or where was? No, that? we we did that in the third floor gallery of the Northrop King Building. Okay. It was ninety degrees in there. It was <laughs> very hot. I mean, it was it was hot. It was like the place to be, but it was also hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that <laughs> so, would that be the same location this year that you're thinking if it's able to be indoors? If if it's able to, yes. Yeah. There has been some really interesting stuff done in that space. Um, last year at Art World, Larissa Loden took over and she created this um, interactive Your Gem okay. thing where people came in and it was divided into sections that represented different gems. Yeah. So things like there were there were rooms and there were things were like different colors and it was very Instagrammable. Okay. Cool. It was really uh -huh. cool. I don't know if you've ever gone to like the Macy's. Oh, yeah. Holiday, like, or, or Dayton's back in the day where you go in and they, they spent all this time doing this amazing setup. It was kind of like that. I remember one year when I was a kid, they did the Polar Express. Oh, cool. And how awesome that was and how well articulated. And I think, you know, we live now in a time of extraordinary technology. Yeah. And uh, a lot can be achieved virtually, but there is something to be said for the time and energy that goes into creating those displays. Oh yeah. Uh, that that is part of an experience that people want. You know, they want to wait in line and they want to walk through there with their kids and they want to buy the cookie at the end. <laughs> totally. <know>? Totally. <laughs> That's so true. Wow. You know, and, and actually, I'll, I'll say that's a good seg to talking about Arterworld. You know, yeah. like people, people are sad because they can't go to studios and be together and hang out and have this traditionally um, really fun weekend. You know, Arterworld is one of the first spring shows. It, it is the or I shouldn't say spring shows, it, it's kind of the, the thing that welcomes summer. Yeah, definitely. And the fact that we can't do this this year is kind of tough. Yeah, um, and it's and, the third weekend of May, roughly yep. third. Yeah. Yep, it's always the third weekend of May. And what, when this was, when this was all happening, and I remember in, in February, my board president, right after the annual meeting was like, you know, we should probably talk about what would happen if coronavirus like becomes a thing. And yep. I was so dismissive. I, I, was, <laughs> I was like, Ugh, Brian, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, and then of course it did happen. And yeah. you know, there was a period of time where you know, it was really difficult for the board and it was really difficult for, for me to, to think about this, like, it could be postponed, you know, like, do we have to cancel? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of things being canceled at that time. And I was just so worried about our artists mm -hmm. because a lot of them to survive, you know, their livelihood is these shows. Yeah. And in, and in some cases, you know, they, the places that they had put deposits down to be at couldn't refund them or couldn't refund them completely because, you know, they had been going full steam and had already 
paid the money out to, to other places to make that event happen. So yeah. like worried that, you know, our artists wouldn't be able to support themselves um, if, if we had to cancel. And for those that might be wondering why, what was the thinking behind um, not postponing Art of World? Uh, can you kind of share with what the, the behind the scenes thinking was behind that? The fact was, you know, we, we thought about it very hard about what to do in that situation. And, and it just came down to like, we don't know what the rest of this year will bring. Yeah. But there is something that we can do now if we plant our feet and pivot mm -hmm. where we can create an art world online experience that our members can be a part of that will last all summer. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, the website will be uh, perennial. It will not go down at any point. It is now it yeah. is now a benefit. <laughs> but, yeah. and, you know, it, it, and it, it was really hard for a while to, to, to actually make people understand because the people who were telling us, like, why didn't you just postpone, seem to have a very simple view of what it takes to put our role on. You know, they're like, we could totally do this. And it's like, no, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like this is, this is a cruise ship. This is a whale. This isn't like a little fish that can maneuver like really fast. It's, it's getting a, over a thousand people pointed in the right direction. And it's permits and street closures and publications and information and advertising and all the stuff like that. And, and then there's the idea of like, even if we did reschedule to like October or November, then we'd be doing two art orals inside of six months. Yeah. And let's, let's just be honest here. Like there are a lot of businesses in Northeast that are struggling right now. And is it fair to expect the same level of support from them next year for the 2021 art world? Yeah. You know, are, are they going to be able to support us? And next year, they'll need our world more than ever. Yeah. But they may not be able to support us. And, you know, we need to make sure that we're not just thinking about what we're going to do now, this month. We need to be thinking about, like, how we can sustain ourselves for a year or two with diminished resources. Yeah. Because the community needs us. The community needs our world. And we need to be smart. No, that makes total sense. Can you talk about the website, what it is exactly, and how it's different from what you had before as a website? Right. So um, Art of World Online is a separate website right now that is dedicated just to Art of World. The NEMA website had information, or does, it still exists, has information about um, all our members. It has a directory. It has an event section where all the cool stuff is happening. Mm -hmm. It has information about our other things like 10 by 10 or the workshops we offer for artists on professional development. So when it comes to Art World, we publish a directory and guide usually for Art World that goes out and we publish 20,000 of those that are, are uh, available pretty much at every corner, cafe, restaurant, brewery, library, studio building. And people use that to navigate Art World. Yeah, and they hold on to it all year. 
I mean, yes, it is. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful publication. Um, artists have images of their work in there. It has, and, and what we've done is over the last couple of years, we've integrated it with our in-studio magazine. So it's actually got stories that are uh, relevant to Northeast and our artists and what's going on, you know, yeah. in, in Northeast and in Minnesota and just in the art world. So when we did the, when, when did we, I conceived of the art world online experience, we knew that there had to be a way that people could still connect with artists. So the website has three parts. One of it is an interactive map where you can find artist sites, breweries, restaurants, businesses, and you can find those sites and you can see all the artists, all the participants that would have been there. Mm -hmm. And everybody has a profile. Um, the second part is the shop where it's like our directory, except we actually built out um, a platform so that not only can artists enter in their shop if they've got a shop and it creates a shop button, mm -hmm. they can actually use our platform to create a shop for themselves if they don't have one. That's huge. Right. That's huge. So people who don't have an online shop or like they have, maybe they're not technically proficient. Yeah. Maybe they just have never needed to because uh, they did well in person, you know, like so many reasons that an artist wouldn't have a shop. Yeah. Now they can have a shop. Yeah. And it will be live year round. It's, it's a member benefit now. Yeah. Like in, in this time where we can't be together, where we can't meet people face to face, there needs to be a way for artists to still connect with people and to get their stuff seen and, and to sell their work. Yeah. And we were, we were primarily as an organization concerned about making, making it possible for our artists to survive as artists. And, mm -hmm. you know, not all artists uh, have or need an online shop, you know, not all artists operate that way, mm -hmm. but Every artist wants eyeballs on their stuff. Yeah. So if we can provide that, if we can use, you know, the the mass appeal of having so many people together in one place to to help everyone, it it's a good thing. And I'm really excited about it. It's it's kind of like the Northeast version of Etsy right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We're gonna right. Etsy's and then, <laughs> yeah, and then the third part of the website is the experience section. We put out a call to the members about two weeks ago saying, you know, if you've got video of you doing a studio tour, doing an art demo, doing a performance, send us the links. We'll, we'll put it up. Yeah. And, and at that time, I had two gentlemen approached me from Craft Northeast who offered to um, use their team, like they, uh, they were videographers and they had a team of videographers who, who wanted to help. So we actually came up with a system where we were coaching artists to film interviews and studio tours and demos on their phones by themselves, by themselves, by being socially distant. So they would go into their studios, they wouldn't be with anybody, you know, they'd, they'd film this thing uh, and then they'd go home 
still socially distant, not being with anybody, uh, and then send us the files, and then these guys have edited it. Oh, and their wow. team has edited it for free. Oh, that's huge. Um, and so they've, they've put together these short studio tours and demos for the members that then go up on the experience section. And by the time Arterworld launches next Friday, we'll have 100 videos. Wow. And actually, we've opened this up to any bands that were playing at a venue for Arterworld that got canceled. If they would like to come in under the banner of Bauhaus, 331, uh, Indeed, um, yeah. you know, Rogue Buddha, anybody, anybody who was slated to be at Arterworld and now can't, can actually submit links to us of performances that we'll then share. Oh, cool. Yeah. And while we're launching on Friday, like I said, we're going to be promoting this for the next three months. So any artist who films a live stream or makes a video, they can put that up on Vimeo or YouTube, send us a link, and we'll host it on our website. Cool. We'll share it. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. And so this all launches Friday the 15th of May. At 5 p.m., which was when the original Art Roll was going to start. Yeah. What advice you might have for artists, and then what advice you might have for collectors. Ooh, I would say that it is a pretty golden opportunity for collectors. Yeah. Uh, to, to find wonderful things and, and connect with artists. And I think it's, it's more important than ever to, to support the artists that you follow and that you love. And I would say for, for artists, you know, this experience, this coronavirus experience is, is different for everybody, right? You know, like some people are home with young children and they are settling into a routine and they're being parents, you know? And some people are still working and some people are slowing down and able to start focusing on the things that really matter now and i would say it's not there's not a blanket piece of advice that you can give that'll work for everyone but i would say for the artists that have been able to slow down and to focus more on on what's important to them to to just take this newfound focus and attention that they have and maybe try something new mm -hmm. You know, I, I just ordered um, a tripod for my phone with the ring light so oh. that I'm going to, and I'm going to start doing some silly like animation with construction paper on my desk. Oh, awesome. <laughs> you know, I've never, I've never done anything like that. Animation, filming, editing, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to try something new because I have the, brain space for it now. I mean, okay, I have to get Art Royal online launched first, but you know, once <laughs> that is up and running, yeah, but once that is up and running, you know, I've got I've got a little bit more space in my brain and a little bit more patience with the process to try something that I've never done before. Yeah. And and I would say that for the artists that have the same privilege as I do to slow down, that it would be an excellent time to just try something new. Yeah. Whether, whether that's 
starting to think virtually and how you connect with audiences that way or doing your art in a different manner. I know, I know one artist, Cordula Coleman, um, who is a sculptor out of clay and she doesn't have her own kiln. She can't use anyone else's kiln right now. So she started firing her sculptures in her own barbecue pit. Oh, awesome. Wow. And yeah, and the effect is she's created these pieces that look totally different from what she's done before. She's, they're like, they're, they're dusty and they're dark. And she started painting portions of them with bright paint. Oh, wow. And, you know, that, that's work that wouldn't have happened if she had been able to continue on in, the, in what she was doing. Yeah. You know, the, this interruption set her off on a different path. Totally. And it's not necessarily a bad detour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's definitely not a bad detour. So, totally. you know, we can, we can do a lot with, with the time and the, the brain space that we've been given. That's so true. Like, I forget which episode it was. A few episodes back, I did um, kind of 10 tips for artists during this time. Like, not necessarily strategies, but just kind of mental frameworks, how to frame your mind so as so we're not freaking out, you know. And one of part of it is just seeing everything that, whatever comes to us as seeing it as an opportunity as opposed to a threat or seeing, you know, how can you twist it into an opportunity and make the best out of things. So that's right. Yeah. Right. You have to, you have to stay where you are. You can't, you can't put your brain too far afield <laughs> sometimes, you know, like you can't, you can't spend six hours a day reading social media. Um, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. But I love this idea of like seeing where art is going to, how it's going to change based on this. Yeah. I mean, humans are, are adaptable. We will, we will adapt to whatever the situation is. Definitely. So yeah. I, it's going to be really interesting to see what comes out of that. You know, that's a great segue into, because I wanted to ask where, how you see it personally and how you kind of see NEMA as an organization navigating the changing landscape of Northeast as it does go into more development and, you know, that, that G word that gets thrown around all the time, gentrification. Right. You know, uh, obviously there's a wave of, of development that's going to happen no matter what. How do we mitigate it or navigate it and use that as an opportunity? I guess, what can, what's your take on that? Well, I think it's important to note that not not all developers are are on the same page with us. Um, there there are some developers, and they're mostly local, who really care about Northeast and they want to maintain the artists and the artist studios. And there are some building owners that are very committed to, to keeping artists, affordable artist studios um, available in Northeast. And I think, you know, those building owners and those developers are, are great advocates. Um, I also think that using the platform that NEMA has, um, one thing with Arter World, something, something like Arter World and being attached to that also um, raises our profile with developers that are further away, like uh, not in-state. And to use that platform to, to have a voice and say to developers that don't understand like the cultural 
history of Northeast and what it means to the city who are just looking for ways to maximize profit um, to frame it as don't kill the thing that makes this neighborhood cool. Yeah. You know, like you need to support the thing that is making your investment so great. Uh, and, and sometimes it's just a matter of articulating what we feel is the right thing to do. I mean, there's no, there's no perfect roadmap for dealing with gentrification that I've seen. There's no arts district in the country that is doing it just right and has a model for how you engage. Um, so it, it's very much um, creating relationships with people and businesses and articulating why it's so important to Northeast and the city and the region to have this concentration of artists mm -hmm. and to advocate for keeping that concentration of artists. So it's an, it's an ongoing thing, you know? Yeah. And I think that everybody, everybody who cares about this aspect, you know, should have their say and to show up to the meetings and to care about what's happening to buildings and where they get sold. And, and to keep an eye on that stuff so that we're not ambushed, you know, yeah. with, with things that come through that nobody was paying attention to. Totally, totally. So it's, the community really has the power to, to keep saying, like, we want this place to be a place where artists can be. Yeah. And we want this place to be a place where people want to live. And yeah. We don't want to see tons of empty high rises that nobody lives in. And, totally. You know? <laughs> yep. <laughs> to, so, to a new person moving into Northeast for the first time, what advice would you have for them? Or what kind of message would you have for, you know, the first time condo buyer in the middle of Northeast that's new here? I, I would say you need to start walking. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Like you know, you, you need to walk around your neighborhood and you need to yeah. just find all the stuff that you can walk to. Yeah. You know, the studio buildings, the stores, the restaurants, you know, being in a condo sometimes is, is like living in a box. Mm -hmm. And it, I think you can feel very disconnected from, from the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So what else is there to do but get your feet on the ground yeah. And, and it gets way too convenient to uh, just shelter in place. I mean, assuming when things get back to normal, um, yeah. it's easy to get lost in Netflix and binge watching and then just ordering food in, you know, and having food delivered as opposed to walking down the street and going to the local restaurant or bar. And, and there's a difference actually between like convenience and what's actually good for humans sometimes. <laughs> I, I know that, that we think like convenience and wellness are sometimes the same thing. But the fact is like if you order food, sure that's easy. But if you go and pick it up and you actually interact with a person and you maybe meet a neighbor on the way, yeah. that's actually better for you as a human. <laughs> totally, totally. You know, I've been preaching that for a, uh, self-checkout lines forever at Cub or Home Depot or something, you know, rather than checking out even. It's convenient, yes, but, you know, having that interaction with somebody at the checkout line even is huge, I think. Right. 
reminds us and, we're humans. Yeah, yeah it, it's humans. And, and it's, it's not an either or thing. I would say like technology these days um, has afforded us um, a lot of ways to connect with with friends and family that we wouldn't have been able to do 10 years ago 50 years ago that has been tremendously beneficial uh to us but on the flip side an over-reliance on on like contactless anything um is gonna leave you feeling disconnected yeah definitely you mentioned that you had studied art and did ceramics do you do ceramics anymore you know when I took on, there was, so, <laughs> short answer is no. Okay. Um, short answer is no. There, for a number of years, uh, I held two to three jobs at the same time. Yeah. On, on top of being a ceramic artist. And when, uh, about four years ago now, when, when things with Nima became full time, um, I was still working a second job. And I was finding that working two jobs and then going down into my basement studio and working, um, I wasn't I wasn't filling up the creative side of me. I was just drawing from it. I wasn't I wasn't getting the sunlight and the people and all the things that actually make you be creative. Mm-hmm. So. I, I knocked it off because I, I figured that if I kept this up, um, I was going to end up hating it. Yeah. It wasn't going to be bring me joy. So eventually, you know, like I was still working two jobs until a year ago. And mm-hmm. then eventually I just got to the place where I have one job now. Um, and pretty soon I'll have like a couple more employees. Yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's going to free up some things yeah. for me. Um, I wouldn't say that I haven't been exercising my creativity. This job in particular has, has demanded quite a lot of creativity mm-hmm. um, on my part. Oh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to maybe going back to it um, in some point in the near future. Yeah. But it also might be something else. <laughs> Well, in the interim, uh, an- animations, cardboard animations in the interim. More I know, right? Totally. I'm looking like, forward to seeing those. That, that would be kind of fun to, to explore that with, with no pressure, you know, just to make things for people. That's an amazing thing when you can make art without pressure, either from yourself or what you accept, the pressure that you accept from other people, mm-hmm. you know, people's judgments, when you can get rid of that, that's huge. That's yeah. What um, I wanted to get your take on kind of big picture, what you see the role of art as. What's the role of art? Oh, man, that is big picture. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting that it, it it's across the spectrum, right? Like art is essential and it's not. And art is costs nothing or it's super expensive. <laughs> you know, it, it's like, it's, it's hard to define sometimes what art is. And yeah. I, I know that, and this isn't going to sound very 
defined, but you know, we're going through a pandemic right now and people are cutting down essentials. You know, they're like, food is important. Shelter is important. Um, being able to pay rent is important or it's not important. But on the flip side, you have people doing opera on their balconies, singing to their neighbors, people binge watching Netflix to lose themselves in another world, people doing chalk drawings on driveways, telling everyone it's going to be all right and here's a rainbow. You know, so on one side, we think art's not important. And then on the flip side, art is everything. Art is our way of coping of telling our stories, of communicating with others, you know, of, of comfort, you know, it's, it's not one thing, but it is so integral to our lives. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree with you anymore. I mean, that's, yeah. I know before uh, we have to go that you had a PSA that you wanted to share with everybody. You know, Nima's still here and Nima's strong and the arts in Northeast are strong, yeah. and we're gonna get through this. That is a great place to end uh, this episode. Um, I can't thank you enough, Anna, for taking the time to meet with me. I know, especially right now, you're up to your ears with Art of World preparations and getting everything ready to launch uh, again, which will be Friday, May 15th at 5 p.m. at nema.org. N-E-M-A-A dot org? Or wait, no, it's a different website. No, 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 it is. It's nema.org forward slash Arterwell. Forward slash Arterwell. Got it. Um, well, thank you again, Anna. It's been a huge pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me. I can't thank Anna enough for making the time to visit with us in what has to be one of the craziest weeks of her yearly schedule. I, for one, am excited about the new opportunities Anna and her organization are providing for artists and collectors alike, and I'm looking forward to checking out as many of those artists as I can online this Friday. I hope you do the same. And while you're online, be sure to check out another great website dedicated to all things Minneapolis art. They're so dedicated, in fact, well, it's in their name, mplsart.com. It's the most up-to-date and current resource for all things Minneapolis arts-related. You can read numerous arts-related articles and find out about virtual events going on on the interwebs. They also have an essential directory of galleries linked up so you can visit all the awesomeness this city has to offer. That again is at our good friends, mplsart.com. And one final note, if you have any arts-related questions that you think I might be able to answer, feel free to email them to me at roguebuddha at hotmail.com. Just type question in the subject line. In the near future, I'll be releasing a special episode of Art Wonderful where I'll be answering as many of those questions as I can. That again is at roguebuddha at hotmail. Hotmail. There's a throwback for you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Art Wonderful, coming to you from deep inside the Rogue Buddha Gallery. I want to thank you for joining me, and I hope you do so again and often. And please feel free to share this podcast with your art-loving friends. Until next time, remember, 
the best life is the creative life, and the best self is the artistic self. Cheers.